A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, welcome to a very special edition of Junk Time AFL Podcast. My name is Michael Chamber. We've got Adam Rosenbachs. Very special guest, Adam. Can I just say, you sound more nervous than a centre-half <laughs> back about to line up on our guest in his first match. Oh, quite chill. Uh, joining the adults of guests such as uh, Anthony Kudafides. Yes, Kuda, he's a legend. I got a text from him when I retired. There we go. We've got another Premiership player, three-time Premiership player, All-Australian, Coleman medal, uh, Greyhound owner. Uh, <laughs> Are we allowed to say that anymore? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jonathan Brown. G'day, guys. Great to be on. I've heard a lot about this. Oh, good. We've got a lot to live up to. Look, we, we thought we'd, we'd, we've both read the book, and we just wanted to present you with something before the show got started, just as an appreciation. <laughs> if we understood and we've read the book, ah, so it's a yes. six-pack of crownies. <laughs> and they're cold, mate, so feel free to can dig I, in. Can we drink them on? Can we, can the, we start? There's only, there's only six there, so I'll probably get us through the first 15 minutes. Yeah, that's right. I'll have to order another one, but uh, it's very funny, this, because I did uh, my cousin prank called a bookstore the other day for my book signing and uh, and he recorded this for radio, yeah. uh, a gig radio um, gag and uh, said to the girl, can you make sure there's a box of crownies there because everyone loves to have a crownie with brownie. And yeah. uh, the, girl, the girl wasn't real sure about John Brown's uh, <laughs> character after that phone call, but uh, it was very funny. I think for the mentions they get in the book, I think you could be looking at like some kind of sponsorship deal for the rest of your life because I've got to say, football gets a fair mention, but Crown Lager gets a fair mention. Well, I've uh, had a great affinity with Crown Lager. The I've been uh, following the footsteps of one of my idols, the great Sticks Kernan. Yep, and yep, uh, yep. mind you, I don't think anyone could ever knock over as many crannies as the great Sticks Kernan. But unfortunately, I am an ambassador of CB and I've been for a long time. Is that your dream rather than triple premierships? <laughs> As a to, young to, boy, to our drink yeah. sticks, can Yeah, <laughs> it's a dream that'll never be. Uh, uh, I suppose that mountain will never be climbed. I don't think. I've tried it a few times, but yeah, the great sticks, and no one will ever get close. Well, speaking of uh, sticks, we, going through all the photos from the book, so it's uh, photos of you from a junior up until you now. Yeah. Can we talk about your hairstyle? That has not changed <laughs> since you've been five years of age. You are pretty much one of those guys who looks. You look almost the same as you did when you were five. That's like right. When you're the picture of you with the Premiership Cup with exactly. your dad. It's a cute you photo. You can immediately picture Jonathan Brown. It's exactly the same. So I've got the shaved head now. So it's more the, the Lego head. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's what the boys <laughs> refer to me at. I did have the mullet and uh, inspired by a couple of idols in Sticks Kernan and uh, Paul Ruse and Alistair Lynch. But yep, everyone yep. had the mullet, didn't they, back in those days? You but, had to. And I did have Sticks Kernan. I think I, I think I wrote about it in the book when... Uh, uh, you went to but, Fiji, didn't went you? Went to Fiji, of course, yeah. and it was around the time that St Kilda played Collingwood, the drawn grand final. Well, the next weekend, we couldn't stay for the drawn grand final because had my best mate's bucks in Fiji, yep. and that was on the Saturday, so we thought we'd turn it into a day, come as your favourite all-time footballer. 
So I thought, what oh, do really? I really? You dress as me. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> so I rang the great Sticks again in. I said, Sticks, I want to go. I'd love to go. We've got to go there as your favourite football. I'd love to go as you. And he goes, oh, yeah. I'd be honoured, big fella. Yeah, as I said, in deep voice. And next minute, a couple of days later, the number four, uh, Carlton Guernsey, arrived in uh, in the mail. And Kylie, my wife, got on the internet and ordered a big mullet wig off the one of the costumes.com or whatever yeah. it was. So I went Sticks.com. Sticks. Yeah. Sticks.com. <laughs> Should have just got him to send one up. <laughs> yeah. Now, you were a bit of a cricketer when you were growing up as well. Was yep. it Geelong in the... Dowling. Dowling Shield, yeah. yeah. Well, we were zoned to Geelong. You're not the only person to play Dowling Shield, John. We've, Is that we've, right? all, we've all achieved a lot of things. Esteemed like. company. <laughs> Very esteemed. I got hit out She's of... a bit of hot air in this <laughs> I, my, my record is that I got hit out of Paran Oval. Like, right? over six. onto the road. It's a big six. Yeah, well, I, uh, my... My claim to fame is I actually scored a century. Did you? In Downing Shield. Yeah, well, high, highest score ever at Geelong, I think. Yep. 136. So I wasn't much of a batsman. I was a fast bowler, but Jeez. this day I just got lucky. Are you doing all right? Any chance you can get over to Edge Baston? Yeah, help them yeah, out. Well, no, they were terrible. They yeah. were terrible. It was not they? good. I mean, we didn't talk ourselves up enough after that win at Lords. Yeah, I know. We always go well at Lords, though. Yeah. Yeah, we always go well at Lords for some reason. You know why? We can't handle the juke ball. Well, it's because uh, the pitch is on a bit of an angle. And like you said, like your driveway at home, yes. we're used to playing on dodgy surfaces. So if we, you know, play on... Exactly. We get used to playing on bluestone or backyards that are a bit dodgy or, you know, coming we're in... Off run. Yeah, we just... We adjust to it. We're good to... Good to uh, we, we're good at balls that rear at your head, no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, but there's not enough of that. And you know what? The reason we... this Maybe we're getting soft as a nation because... The reason why we go well at Lords is because the Barmy Army's banned. They're not allowed to yell out. The Barmy Army, there's, there's no expletives that come across the fence, and that fires up us Aussies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. There's none of that at Law. Sorry, there's uh, there's none of that at Lords, and uh, but we actually go well at Lords now. So maybe we don't like the heat that the Barmy Army gives us, and they're allowed in every other ground in England. And we can't handle the chants, the crazy, the, the humorous chance. songs. That's now, right. The sunburnt fuckheads. We can't handle it. <laughs> we're always a bit fascinated by that, that chanting and stuff. Like, you, you can hear stuff from the crowd. No, actually, I couldn't. Really? Well, you're I in the middle of the ground or closer to it. But when you go over the line, people, I mean... I couldn't. I shot some goal uh, hard up against the boundary. And I used to get right up there to yeah. steal myself for a big shot of goal, you know, on the, on the boundary. It's just, it's just a big blur. Really? And uh, so, you obviously can hear that. The momentum swings of the crowd in yep. big yep. games, um, but I was never one that was able to really pick up on. You know, now because I, I yelled I a lot of shit, going. I yelled a lot of shit at you, and you didn't hear any of it. <laughs> well, I probably did hear a few times what uh, um, some of the fun that the Collingwood supporters were going to have with my wife and how they yeah, okay. met my mum back in her younger days, and they knew my sister very well. So I heard a little bit of that. <laughs> so I heard their whole history. It was uh, quite disappointing, quite deflating. You know, I thought thought my mum was, uh, you know, oh. she's an angel in my eyes, but, uh, but uh, no, you know, it was uh, it was hard. I think you were just so in the zone. So then what about players on the field then? So who were some of the better players with the yap? Oh, well, Vossi was good. Yep. Michael Vossi, was, uh, he did play on his brother one day. Brett Voss was playing for St Kilda and he went down to uh, his brother and said, uh, my dad's been rooting your mum. <laughs> And uh, so that was that was pretty did, clever. How did that not put Michael Voss off his game as well? <laughs> that was a pretty clever, clever sledge. But probably the, uh, the the funniest one I ever remember him saying was, "Caught um, come out after half time, and there was a boundary thrown. I think down at Cadinia Park, boundary throw in one day, and the umpire was about to throw it in, and Michael Voss yelled out, "Stop, stop, hang on a minute, stop the game!" And then so the central umpire stopped the game, and he goes. 
There is an Oz kicker that has been left on the floor. <laughs> and it was Shannon Burns. Remember when it was Shannon Burns? <laughs> oh, man, it was the funniest thing I've ever had. <laughs> very clever of Ozzy. So you imagine how uh, this is back in the early 2000s when Geelong used to bell them up. And uh, imagine how deflating it was oh, for the John boys. Don't worry, they got their retribution back as the uh, oh, God, 2000s wore on. That's good. Now, was there any consideration for you? I know you retired because of injuries and stuff, but going back to play a few games back in, in the hood? Uh, oh, not really. I'd, tell you, I'd love to do it, though, but yeah. not on a full-time basis. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe in a year or two you know, down the track. And, uh, yeah, my body's starting to feel a bit healthier now, and I've been doing a little bit of training. But uh, South Wales might need a bit of help because they've been going terrible this year back in the Hampton League. They miss you. Oh, they do, yeah. Imagine me. Uh, the, the rooster bar would be roaring. The big, <laughs> all the old boys up on the hill. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get back there one day and just time to get out of my way and just give the 50 to myself and whack it into me, boys. Bomb it in. Yeah. How is the body holding up? Like, uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty you, good. You're not actually in pain? Like I'm normal pretty life? good. No, I'm pretty good. I, I got to the stage where... Um, I was battling to get out of bed when I was playing and I, was, I couldn't even... By the end, I was battling to even tie my shoelace up for a... Uh, for, wow. for a game of footy. So, you said that one leg became shorter than the other because of the degenerative knee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, and that caused a lot of problem, ongoing problems with my yeah. hips and uh, my knees and my groin. So, Does that um, mean you get a special car park at shopping centres and stuff like that now? <laughs> well, you're not supposed to, but yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't have the sign, but I just get out with a good limp. Well, no one's going to argue, are they? No one's going to go up to you. So, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's yeah. You know, it's uh, I've I've come out of it pretty well. I think I've come out pretty lucky. Everyone sort of focuses on the injuries and all. I had sixteen injuries during me, uh, sixteen operations during me fifteen wow. year footy career. So, um, but I think I've come out of it not too bad. You've done well. Now you started when you were a, a fifteen year old, pretty much playing in the ones. Yeah. Down. Would you, would you want your son to go through that now? If he said, "Dad, I think I'm ready to put him up against you know hardened men." Probably not. The way down it was, the when I was playing, yeah. And uh, I remember, well, I probably wouldn't want it just to lead into the game, but a lot, I wouldn't be as hard as the. I remember my first game, fifteen years old. Look, fair, it's the biggest, probably the biggest moment in your life. 15. Don't worry about AFL footy. You're playing against men, and uh, uh, there's no no need to just uh, don't worry about waking up softly and gently. I, I got a tap on the old man about five in the morning. Yeah, get out of bed. We're going fencing. I said what? And not, not, like, not like the French fencing with <laughs> no, a foil. No, exactly. How European of you. Fencing, so <laughs> it's a bloody, exactly right. Yeah, and then we're going to bloody fencing before I played my first game. No wonder I didn't get a kick. Then we're going jousting. Yeah, we're going to do some <laughs> curling. <laughs> so were you, this, were you this tall when you were 15? Um, I was pretty tall. I was, I was a lot skinnier, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about as skinny as you are. Uh, well, thank I you. That's quite the compliment. Thank you. Oh, I'd put but, on a few uh, kilos. I feel good now. If I got a twig, I would have got snapped in half. But, uh, you know, I worked pretty hard in the gym. And obviously, I got up to about 105 kilos, I think. So yeah, yeah, well, that was one thing I noticed in the book as well, is the kind of brutal workouts that you would do during yeah. the off-season and kind of before you started playing as well. Was it Rick Rude? Uh, Rude Ryan. Rodney Ryan. Yeah. Uh, old cricket, cricket captain. And... Uh, um, you know, he just look. He's just a good mate of mine, and I, I think I realised after my first year of playing footy that twelve or thirteen games didn't get a kick in my first game against yeah. Adelaide and the Gabba, and I just sort of moseying my way through the season. And I thought, geez, do I just want to be? Is this what I want my career to be about? Just maybe play fifty, hundred games, and be an average footballer, or yeah. do I want to try and get the best out and reach sort of high level? And uh, yeah, Rude Ryan came to me and said, mate, let's get in the gym and spend a hard month and. This whole tin shed in Warrnambool, you know, it'd be pretty hot 
which is rare and wonderful. But so we had some bloody hot days during that summer period and uh, it probably took myself to another level. And then straight after that, um, played every game the next year and played in a premiership. Yeah. So straight away, you go, well, hang on a minute. That, 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 I've unlocked the key to yeah. success. So from then on, I did that every off-season. And they were brutal sessions and, and I... Um, yeah, you know, nothing I ever did on the footy field ever compared to that. And that was part of the mental preparation of just knowing that, you know, whatever I do on the footy field today or whatever I uh, have to go through, it's not going to compare to what I've already been through. So you know, I think it was a great thing for me and it really helped me. And, and, you know, probably wasn't great for me longevity in terms of how you treat your body, but um, but I think it got me to a high level of fitness. And what was it like in that first grand final? So we'll talk about your grand finals here. You went three in a row, which is incredible in this modern era. Mm. Yeah. And just, was there a point against Essendon where you went, we've got these guys, and where you could enjoy it? Or was it just, let's just get to that final siren and then oh, enjoy it? Oh, jeez. I think we were 28 points up, and yeah. it's 29 minutes gone. I thought, we're going to get beaten. Yeah, we're right. Beaten. Yeah. Well, because we haven't experienced it yet. Yeah. And it, of course, it's... Uh, it's a stupid thought. Yeah. You know it's not going to happen. I mean, I loaded up on Essendon to win. Yeah. <laughs> I had a multi. I lost a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was trying to get it under the, the 20. Point, I had one to 20 us to win. But, uh, but no, no, it was, uh, it, was, yeah, it was just such a relief, I think, when that siren goes. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm 19 years old. Yeah. yeah how good is this party going to be? And, yeah. then and it was. Matthew, it was a great party. But Lee Matthews, we had a meeting three days after the grand final talking about next year. Hang on, hang on a minute, Lee. I thought, I thought you just get on the piss for the next yeah, six months. You just to understand. I'm going. He's this fucking idiot. Yeah, that's right. He's a lunatic. So, but then uh, that's probably an insight into why what made Lee Matthews great. And yeah. then obviously what he was able to convey to us and the messaging was that's what made us great. Eventually, was because we always moved on to the next challenge and moved on quickly. We knew how to have a good time. Yeah, but. We always knew that uh, one wasn't enough, then two wasn't enough, and look, three wasn't enough. We almost got to the top of the mountain in terms of all time and get that fourth in a row. Um, but How much do you think about that game? A lot. Yeah? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it I, uh, probably comes up into me, into me thoughts more than winning the, the wins, yeah. I think just to be so close, one quarter away, you know, yeah, there is... I suppose there's re- there, there is regrets, no doubts, and there's a, there's a little bit of bitterness towards the AFL, no doubts, from a lot of the people at Brisbane Lions for forcing us to play our home final at the MCG yeah. 24 hours later than the first preliminary final that Port Adelaide played. But it was mainly that we just had horrendous bad luck in that final. The prelim final against Geelong... It was like a uh, it was like a triage center on the on the mm. battlefields after yeah. everyone got injured. Uh, we we came and we we almost did the impossible. We we had half our team banged yeah, totally. up badly in the grand final. And you we, lost Lynchy. Lost Lynchy. Lynchy decided to uh, give someone pneumonia by throwing five hundred <laughs> air swings. And uh, you know we got close, but it, it wasn't to me. But obviously I was fortunate to play and throw. And go back to that um, uh, first grand final. You brought it up on uh, on the catch, Essendon with the armbands. The black armbands. Yeah. Can you believe that they did that? I cannot. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, and not, I didn't say it on the couch, but I actually don't think I was told for a year or two after that. Yeah. And so, so it obviously didn't work. It was like a symbol, symbolic gesture aimed at um, us taking drips. Now, to clarify, like, now because of all the Essendon drug saga, people say, oh, you know, Brisbane were doing the same thing back in yeah. 2000. Well, no. We were having drips. Uh, and, and just drip, saline, drip, wasn't it? Drips can taste saline. What's yeah. saline? Salt water. Yeah. It's You're salt hydrated. water. Exactly. You're playing in 37-degree days or whatever it is in Brisbane. We're coming in half time, and some of the midfielders, and I had it a couple of times, you'd be rehydrated through the arm at uh, at half time, just maybe with a litre, because obviously if you drink too much, you're going to get a stitch. If you yeah. Go back out there. So that's always happening. But remember, that got banned going into the final series. So we didn't play in the final series with, with that with existence. The drips. Yeah. Uh, and then 
they wore the bloody armbands around mm. there where you would have your drip inserted, and it was just stupid. Like, and then after, I think that shows where their players' heads were. Really strange. Leading into a grand final it was mm. really strange. So anyway, it didn't work. And you then after the game, you had the up and, yeah. yeah. So right. After the game, you had the crown lager drips put yeah. in. Exactly right. You were hydrating. Yeah. yeah. I do remember on the way home. I, I do remember. I think uh, me and Pikey had a big night leading to a mad Monday. No, and, not Pikey. Uh, and, we, and, and Pikey, uh, we did have to drop him in the doctor's clinic on the way. And I think the doc might even dripped him up, got him ready for Mad Monday. So, <laughs> the great Martin Pike, he was uh, one, of, one of the greats, you know. I'll tell you, you get caught in a uh, shout with Pikey, you better ring the miss and say he won't be home for three days. <laughs> so on to number two. This is pretty cool that you can talk about premierships as numbers. You yeah. Know, one, two, yeah, three, yeah. yeah. So right. on to number two. So what are your thoughts on that game? So it's a much tighter game yeah. than the first one. Yeah, I was just that was more. The t- I, th- I think the weight of the world was on our shoulders. We were... I think, well, bloody, the line was about 60 or 70 points, but it was a horrendous day. Collingwood turned up to to play. We didn't play at our best. Uh, I do remember going to the boot starter before the game. Oh, the boot starter. We love the boot starter. We always talk about the boot starter. It's a wet game. I just grabbed my uh, screwing boots, Hawkey, and uh, they're not here. (laughs) So what do you mean they're not here? Because, mate, they haven't been packed. We haven't packed them. We've left them in Brisbane. This is half an hour yeah. before. So it's piss and rain outside. Yeah. It's wet, slip it out. I'm thinking, oh, no. So I went to Leper, who we, me and Leper wore the same boots, same size. Leper's like my older brother. And I said, Lep, they forgot me boots. I said, can I wear your screw-ins? And he goes, oh. And he's yeah, only got right. one pair. He's got, well, he's got a pair of screw-ins. He's a pair of moulded soles. Yeah. So he wore the moulded soles, let me wear the <laughs> screw-ins. Poor old leper, he slipped ass, <laughs> ass over tit all day long. But uh, he kept them on. And I, I wore leper's boots for the uh, 2002 grand final. And we got through, thank God. We won by nine points. Mm. But I think that was you know, that was Michael Voss. His leadership was just yeah. unbelievable that day. He took a, took a critical mark, did a couple of really hard things, as he always does. But just, that just sort of, I suppose... Illustrated, uh, you know, in the biggest moment, how much what Michael Voss, what um, how important his leadership was to the team, and his ability to act in the moment and do something special for his team, whatever act it was, kicking a goal, you know, taking a big mark. That was Michael Voss through and through, and he used to, he did that countless times over his career, and that that's why he was such a great player. And uh, that last quarter, I think he sort of lifted us over the line. Is that who you tried to be when you became captain? Yeah, pretty much. You know, obviously with different style of players, but I think yeah. you've got to lead by example. Voss led by example. You know, 90% of it is the leading by example Monday to Friday yep. in your preparation uh, and, and how hard you train. And then obviously game day, sensing that moment and having the courage and the conviction to go looking to do something for your team, not to shy away from it, which is the natural tendency for all of us, yeah. is big pressure moments. Think, oh, do you I don't want I don't the ball. I yeah. don't want the ball. You know, I don't want the ball in case we I miss it. Yeah. And then everyone gets stuck into me. But... You eventually you learn to override that, and that just comes with time. Voss was the best of that, and I tried to follow in his footsteps in that regard and, and, and as far as his preparation as well. And was that true that uh, you played a game, I think, against Hawthorne down in Launceston a few years ago where you were captain and you said no long-sleeve jumpers today? No, no, I said we're on the bus. Yeah. And I could tell, we turned up the airplane, people were saying, oh, it's going to be cold in Launceston. I thought, it's yeah. just the wrong mentality. You're going to be spending yeah. two days in Tassie. Obviously, we're coming from Queensland, middle of winter in Tassie. So got up the front of the bus, and we had some board members there as well. Our whole travelling party got up the front of the bus and said, right, if I hear any reference to cold weather on this trip, I said, she's a 50 buck fine to the players' footy trip at the end of the year, and that goes for everyone. And that did the trick because there was not one mention or reference to the cold, whatever. And uh, we got down there, we won. We beat Hawthorne in the Premiers the year before. Yeah, right. And it seemed to work. So um, I was bloody spewing, though. We got down there. <laughs> it didn't raise enough money for the footy trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on to number three. 
So this one, you're going in, you're trying to create a bit of history. You got beaten by Collingwood in that mm. qualifying final. And I remember a story. There's a mate of mine who's a mate of a Brisbane player who said that uh, after that game, they're talking about the game, they said, Collingwood won't beat us again. Was that yeah. the mindset that you kind of thought that final well, we was a bit of an aberration? First, I think we got beaten in the first final the MCG. Yeah, the qualifying. Pretty, qualifying pretty comfortably. And, uh, and then, yeah, we, and we were pretty banged up. And, and that was – 2003 to me is probably – be like Hawthorne's last year was the year of overcoming adversity, yep. and for us that was that, and it was more so the actual September series though when uh, we had so many injuries and great players like Voss Lagogi's career was finished after that first final, um, you know, and then Vo- and Lappin, Nigel Lappin got his ribs busted in the prelim final, and um, Acker told everyone, Acker told everyone, that's why <laughs> again they uh, they said no. Nah, Let's keep it a secret during the week. Yep. And then they roll Acker out for the press conference. Well, not about a secret. I think it was on CNN in bloody America. About yeah, the T-shirt, mate. He's got a couple of busted ribs. Don't worry, Nigel's a tough bugger. Oh, yeah, beauty. Acker was eating ribs. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah. Anyway, but Lappin, probably the, probably the most uh, memorable thing or the thing that will stay with me forever is watching that fitness test of Nigel Lappin the night before around at the Albert Ground just on St Kilda Road here. And... Um, uh, in in Melbourne, and we tr- we trained, and the night before the training sessions always only fifteen to me, a bit yeah. of a hit and giggle, so to speak. But Lappin was put through the through the most brutal fitness test you'd ever see, and I think one of the emergencies was called into he had to run in from the side and smash him while Lappin had to take a mark oh, over and over again. So imagine what the emergencies thing. <laughs> I'm going to try and crush this yeah. bloke in the middle of next week so I get a game tomorrow. And uh, but and and Matthews made him do it over and over and over again. And you can see the amount of pain he was in, of course, and he but he just kept getting up and he's just he's such a tough bugger, Nige, and uh he's so courageous in all facets of the game and and he just kept getting himself up, he wouldn't give in. And eventually Lee Matthews relented and said, Right, enough. Yeah. I've done enough to get through to the next day and then they took him to hospital before the game and so I loaded him up, I suppose, and uh, put a bit of painkillers into the, into the ribs and took him to the ground. And unbeknownst to the medical team, he'd punched his lung the night before in the fitness test, but <sighs> still played. Went out and was one of our best players in the 03 grand final. And I remember when Voss, uh, sorry, when Lappin went out, walked out of that room that day, and, and Chris Scott, his best mate, was stripped to play. That is incredible. It was stripped to play as the first emergency because he had injury yeah. problems himself. Matthews walks out of the medical room, walks over to... Chris Scott and taps him on the shoulder says, mate, put your clothes back on, oh, you're not playing. And it was heartbroken for him, but then you look at Lappin, walk out and they say, Lappin's playing, and you think, shit, we're going to be hard to beat today. Yeah. We're going to be hard to beat today because we knew uh, intimately what he was going through and the injury that he had, and he went out and played well, and you sort of, you can't help but be inspired by that. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? And then we went out and we just smashed him. You did, you we, monstered them that, that we day, We blew him off you? the park, you know, and they, they were a bit off on the day, no doubt about it, but it was as much because of the intimidation factor of mm. our guys turning up to play from that first bounce. Now, yeah. uh, we were talking about injuries, uh, you know, what Lappin went through there. One of the funniest chapters in your book, because we haven't got a lot of time left with you, but one of the funniest chapters in your book is when, I know it's a, a rough time for you, when Luke McFarlane... Yeah. Uh, hit you, but that chapter is just fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's You've a funny made light of so much stuff. Like, can you tell us firstly? Tell us the injury that you suffered when yeah. he hit when he's. Well, I was, yeah, I got the got the accident on me, and um, my face just—it was the one in a million, you know. My face collapsed, and I was taken to, um, um, you know, I was taken to hospital, and then I, they realised I'd damaged my throat. My airways were starting to close, and so they're going to perform a tracheotomy. On the way to the on the other the other trauma hospital and but even I was, before I was that. that off my head though I was 
I was, I was that off me head though. I took my shorts off and signed the, my footy shorts <laughs> and gave them to the girl in the ambulance. And uh, even though she was about to do a tracheotomy on me, I think. And uh, but the pain, I gee, I'll never forget the pain I was in though. Like to, when I went to the rooms, yeah. and there was bloody blood everywhere, and it was like I was in, it was like I was in the sauna with Mike Tyson. I'd gone ten rounds with Mike Tyson in the sauna for three hours. Yep. I, I, I couldn't escape this. I couldn't escape my body. Yeah. And, uh, it was unbelievable, and uh, they loaded me up with that much morphine that eventually the, the paramedic said. If we give you any more morphine, we're going to kill you. So they switched it over to Valium. And then uh, at, that, <laughs> cool. at that stage, I was... A couple of red wines. You, yeah. Ben and Cousins a bit closer. But then I went to, uh, you know, we went to the, the hospital, the major trauma unit there at the PA hospital. And they, uh, I had a meeting the next day with the guy who was they, um, the trauma surgeon, his team, and... I said, mate, I don't, I don't care what I look like because at this stage I was so badly smashed up. I had a lisp. Yeah. So I don't know what, you know, what I look like, but just whatever you do, <laughs> fix this bloody lisp, will you? So I sounded like bloody Kenny, Kenny Callender. So uh, anyway, he fixed the lisp and glad, glad enough fixed the face. And I think Kyle's had a bit of a word to the plastic surgeon on the team. He said, Can you just do a little bit of work around his eyes? I think they need a bit of a lift. <laughs> well, my favourite bit of this is you've got a broken jaw, you're starving, you haven't eaten anything, you've vomited up blood, and you went to Nando's. How do you not have a Nando's spot? Sponsorship. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I was like the bloody pelican swallowing these chips. <laughs> I was that. I don't know what it was, but you know, obviously, the old munchies. If you're a, uh, oh, mate. I must have the munchies with all those narcotics going into me. And uh, so I, I did. I swallowed Nando's chips like a bloody pelican. Um, so and I was, someone told me if it, you can tell if it's correct, but um, someone said that your face expands and contracts with the hot yeah, weather? Yeah, uh, well, in the hot, the hot weather. Yeah, the, really? so all the titanium in me, in me face. It's only the really hot days, and I suppose, like, you know, like uh, any material expands yeah. and, uh, in the hot weather, and, and so it does ache. Yeah, so my chin will ache, my face will ache from time to time, yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is. So it's either that, it's either take all the plates out. I don't like the feeling of opening me up and taking 15 plates out and 64 screws, so can I just you, put up with the hot days. But you can make a lot of money if you did sell them. <laughs> Scrap, think about that. You Scrap Frame around his up. head. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how, are you, how are you enjoying Fox Footy? How are you enjoying being commentator now? Uh, is it hard for you to get not stuck into, but you know, commentate on players that you have played a lot with, a lot of people that you played oh, against? I think it's hard, coach. Oh, sorry, it's, it's hard doing Brisbane Lions games. Yep. Probably as much because of the frustration we're not winning. Yeah, and I'm uh, still going to help me out from time to time. The young forwards. So I would get frustrated. I'm watching them obviously yep. behind the camera, and uh, and and yeah, they're not not leading to the right spots. So I don't tend to do a lot of Brisbane games. Yep. Uh, mainly because more the frustration, not so much the parochialism of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, I just tell it how it is. Um, you know, I'll never be too critical on players, providing they sh- their, their effort yep. and their preparation and being a good teammate is there. Yep. If not, I reckon players a fair game. Yeah. And uh, so you've got to be honest. I expected it as a player. I expected to be held to high standard. I expected media to commentate or comment on me yeah. if I wasn't uh, pulling me weight in that in that regard. And uh, so I think players understand it's part and parcel of the, the game and players understand that's what pays the bills from. Did you ever do anything as monumental as uh, Basher Hooley's kick-in, like that kind of mistake where you just went, ah, uh, oh, the coach is going to nail me here? Oh, jeez, I don't know. It's... Uh, I suppose being forward, you've just no, missed, missed shots. That's right. It was more missed shots. Yeah. Well, I missed a shot in the, in the A4 grand final. It might have made a difference because – but I missed a shot, I think, to put us maybe two or three up yeah. in a pivotal third quarter. Hit the post. I think I was 40 out pretty much directly in front. Shots I would normally nail, and I think I might have hit the post. And I look back at that a lot, and I think, Jesus, you know, that was a critical kick. I missed yeah. that. 
I'll bang myself up, but you've got to get back on the horse. And I'll kick a few game winners after that or games on the siren or after the siren to win the games for us. But it was only born out of missing critical shots, I think, yeah. that you're able to sort of learn how to overcome it. Yeah, so it's uh, everyone makes mistakes out there. We're probably going to have to wrap it up. But, we um, will. The, the book is fantastic, man. I loved it. Life and football, Jonathan Brown's got the big 16 on the front. Yeah. yeah it's a nice touch, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great read. And it's just you can, your you know, sense of humour comes through and yeah. you don't take everything too seriously. Yeah, I didn't say about that. Probably mum. Mum got left on the cutting room floor in the photos. Oh, that's a really good point. My wife, Kylie, was looking through the book the other day. She goes, you realise your mum's not in there? I said, no way. I said, I'm telling you, I swear she was in the draft copy. And she goes, nah, it's not there. So the problem is, she's on the cutting room floor. So (laughs) no, it's fair to say I've got a bit of making up to do for (laughs) me, uh, dear old mother Mary. All you need to do is go down to Warnemill and just put all the... Just put a (laughs) photo of her in all those ones. You'll you'll see all these little clagged on photos (laughs) in all the books. I've got one more question. Is uh, Lee Matthews frightening? Well, he was at first. He's got a presence. Uh, you're walking down the corridor, and a guy's coming the other way. It's Lee Matthews. Uh, you back up against the wall. Yep. You're like a piece of the wallpaper, yeah. and uh, because he walks down the middle, and he's so intimidating <laughs> that you sort of just you get out of his way. Uh, but he's a, he's a he's a great person. He's been a great influence on my career and he, and life as well, and a great friend of mine. And he's actually a good bloke. He's an intimidating character, but he's a great time to uh, spend. He's, he's great fun to spend time with. Great. Brownie, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's great to be on, boys. Looking forward to hearing. Thank you. Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.